the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. There will be a presidential debate tonight that we are delighted to be co-sponsoring with uh, NBC, and we will have live coverage of it, and I'll be here after the debate to go over it with you. And if there's anyone uh, who knows as much about policy and politics that I can think of, it's our good friend David Schweikert, who represents Arizona's first congressional district, been through a lot of elections himself, tough. And I want to talk to uh, David, about a couple of things. One is a little bit about yesterday and why he thinks Republicans didn't do as well as we would have liked, but also a great hearing he participated in with regard to ESG and disclosure. David, welcome back to the show. How are you, sir? You know, um, I'm sitting in a little cube off the speaker's office because we're in the in the room negotiating on how we're going to keep the government funded and you know what we can cut and those things but you were important enough for me to leave the meeting (laughs) i was trying to do you a favor you know why i was doing you a favor it's not what you think maybe it is (laughs) i was listening to the screeds of rashida talib yesterday and i thought you know what david just needs to have a little relief from that kind of thing I hate to say I almost get those screams from my fellow Republicans every time I take the mic and say, all right, I'm going to walk you through what's really going on. We just finished a mass, um, my joint economic economist. Yeah. And um, we're estimating gross interest this year, this fiscal year, is going to cross a trillion dollars. What that means is Social Security is our number one expense. Interest. Now is our number two expense. Medicare is our number three expense. And defense is now number four. I wonder, you know, okay, let's take that. And then something else I saw you, I think it was in today's hearing, talking about with ESG and disclosure. I think if I heard you right, if it wasn't yesterday, it was the day before. But if I heard you right, uh, you said in 18 years to maintain current levels of spending, every tax has to double. Correct. 18 years is, I mean, I remember 18 years ago is 2005. I remember it like yesterday. That's yep. around the corner. Every tax has to double. Is, but I'm, so, so the Democrats want the Securities and Exchange Commission to make publicly traded companies put in all this information about what they're doing in environmental governance and they're taking on you know, climate change. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's, it's corporations' obligation to disclose risks to the company. Uh, why isn't doubling their taxes in a decade and a half not something they should have to disclose because of debt and borrowing? Oh. And the panel just looked at me like terror, right. saying, okay, um, you know, if, if, if you need to disclose the stuff the left wants, how about just disclosing the truth of the reality? We're heading down this path. Um, we're borrowing, what, $78,400 every second. And, and and I know this gets tiresome for the people who listen to me every Wednesday. I, I, I love you. Thank you for following. But I really do believe this is the greatest threat to our society right now is when we just crush the human spirit and our ability to economically grow 
because we've become just just handcuffed, shackled by just covering our debt payment. I agree with you, by the way, on that it is crushing to the human spirit as well as to economic growth. And I think it is an understanding. I, I would love to talk more about the effects on just what that means. But also, too, David, I think it's fair to say it in and of itself is also in a, you know, we're kind of in a national security mood right now or mode. Mode is a better word to put it. It's a it's a threat to our national security as well. You were talking about defense spending. The national debt is a huge risk. I've heard J- chairman of JCS after chairman of JCS trying to point that out. Oh, yeah. You, you, you bring in the chief, uh, joint chiefs and they'll tell you. Yeah. They see long run. It's not actually China. It's not Russia. Right. It's not AI. It's our debt is the greatest fear they have. Because if you're going to do a major weapon system or new technology or these things, it's years and years of planning. What happens in a world now where defense is our fourth biggest spend? Mm-hmm. You know, try to, when you have your liberal relative show up for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. tell them that. Mm-hmm. Say, you do realize defense now is number four, interest is number two. Mm-hmm. And watch them just stare at you. Well, watch that and watch as, you know, we don't even have to wait for 18 years as the taxes are going to have to increase to maintain current levels. You said something about it puts the Russell index upside down. I mean, that's watch them look for work. Well, uh, we know right now just the increase in interest rates is crushing much of small business because their access to credit, they live on their credit line. And those credit lines are much more expensive. Could you imagine if we took Small Business America and raised their taxes by 20%? Right, 25%? right. You don't even have to go to half or double. Right, right. In 2025, right. so functionally a year and a half from now, a whole bunch of U.S. taxes actually go up because part of the tax reform we did in 2017 begin to expire. That's one of the reasons why this next election is so important. And why so many of us were so disappointed yesterday, it's, it's, you know, as Republicans, our ability to talk to the voters about what they care about. And the Democrats, um, in, it, first off, I can't figure out how they got so much money. In many of these races around the country, they doubled their spending. It's it incredible. remarkable how it's much incredible. cash they brought yeah. to the races. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, do you want to say another word about last night or last night's results? I I, I would love to hear it. I, I gave my best analysis I could an hour ago. I would just any any takeaways you 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 concluded. Um, it, it, there was only a couple races I was watching fairly yeah. carefully as bellwethers. Um, yeah. Virginia only because I, I yeah. you know uh, some of my staff lives. Yeah, in you know areas. Virginia very well. Sure. And um, the Democrats did a really good job focusing on abortion and a couple lifestyle type, you know, mm-hmm. economic. And much of the Republican message was all over the board. Yeah. You know, we, we once again, my frustration, we don't talk about to where people live, right. being able to pay for their gas, their groceries. Can they afford a new home? Can they afford their mortgage? Um, and we're going to have to get better at that. And the answer to that is basically no, by the way. And, you know, we're going to have this debate tonight uh, with, I think, five different candidates, not not Donald Trump, but five others. And, you know, I think there'll probably be a, a, a ton on national security. But, you know, reading these tea leaves the way I do, they're probably going to talk a lot about Donald Trump, too. 
and they're probably going to talk about almost everything but what you're talking about, David. I, I'm predicting that's going to be the case. And I think, you know, it's important that, yes, elected officials and people running for elective office have to talk about where the people are and what they care about. But they also have to teach, too, don't you think? Don't they have to kind of bring them along as well? I mean, it's as, Don, as uh, Winston Churchill once put yeah. it, it's, hard, it's awfully hard to uh, have people look up to you when you have your ear to the ground. I lose my mind when I watch the last couple yeah. presidential yeah. debates yeah. because, um, first off, I believe the interviewers, the question askers, or whatever they yeah. call <laughs> Let's call them that. I like that, the question askers. Uh, yeah. Askers, yeah. It, those questions are designed to maximize their audience reaction. Correct. They're not designed to educate the real fragility, the real threats to this society, to this governance. Um. You know, look, when you get a debt question, just wait for the debt question and how snarky it will be designed. Yeah. What are you willing to cut? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of having the question saying, do you understand that functionally 30% of all of our money now is borrowed? Mm -hmm. That every dime a member of Congress votes on now is borrowed. Mm -hmm. That's defense included. Mm -hmm. All defense and all non-defense discretionary Plus, you know, two, three, four hundred billion dollars of Medicare are borrowed. And just asking the question that way would be a powerful opportunity to educate Republicans who are listening on the scale of the problem and give the people running for president opportunity to talk about something that's very difficult. Yeah. They won't get that question. You used an interesting word. I've been using it. You used the word fragility. Don't you sense that our we're, we're in a more fragile place than we've ever been, not just on the economic front, but across broad well, spectrums of things political leaders should be dealing with? Okay, you know I believe in something um, uh, called the unified theory, um, that when your, your government is almost subject to the bond market, if the bond market went hay, haywire on us— um, you know, we're in real trouble, yeah. but that ends up affecting our international relations. Yeah. It affects our ability to finance our military. It ends up uh, affecting your retirement. Um, it ends up affecting societal discord. Yep. If all of a sudden you wake up tomorrow and because we blew up parts of the bond market, your 401k collapses. Mm -hmm. Fragility is a powerful word, but it's more than just financing our debt. It's keeping the wheels on. And there's solutions. It's just the problem is the solutions are hard and they're complex. Let's do them, let's do them next week. i, I got to hit a break. Can we do them next week? We'll talk solutions. Absolutely. All right. God bless you, David. Go get them. Thank you, sir. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Dan is in Chandler. Hello, Dan. Hi, Seth. Good to hear you. Thank you. Um, so, uh, obviously, last night was very disappointing and uh, makes us all nervous. And uh, one of the big problems, as usual, is the abortion issue. And um, if, as I heard, uh, the way that bill in Ohio was phrased, it did not make it clear that there were exceptions for rape and incest. If that's true, then we really shot ourselves in the foot with a six gun. But uh, in addition, I think there's a uh, sort of a, a whisper campaign or an underground campaign that's almost never talked about in the literature of the Democrats, 
which includes two big but very effective lies. Lie number one is the abortion issue is really about men seeking to subjugate women and uh, reclaim their dominance over women, which they lost to feminism. Uh, and they get women really riled up with this. And second lie, lie number two, is this uh, outlawing abortion, uh, and of course these Republicans want to outlaw all abortions under all circumstances, uh, is only one step on the slippery slope to outlawing contraception, because they're all a bunch of extreme religious nuts. And these ideas, as absurd as they may sound to us, are in their literature, yep. they are talked about, yep. they're in their robocall, yep. believe me. They're in their television shows. I mean, I'm watching, I'm watching, uh, you know, occasionally a different series, some on, uh, you know, on streaming, some on network. They all, they, it's everywhere. It's in all these shows. It's in, you know, made up or fictional shows that, that try and bring in current and contemporary events. It's everywhere. Uh, yeah, and you know, the, Hitler always said, "The bigger the lie, more people will believe it." And the Democrats are just artists when it comes to that. So, what do you propose is the solution to it? We need a a truth campaign about the Republican stance around abortion, uh, where we we stop assuming that people are reasonable and would never think stuff like this. And we tell them the truth. And if we have to, we debunk the lies. Um, I mean, in a way, uh, it, it's sort of like Israel's perennial problem of assuming that the world can just look at their situation and know that they are the good guys and and they are the victims of terrorism. You said something smart. You, yeah, no, no. You said something really smart, which is, I mean, everything. I I didn't mean it as if that was surprising. <laughs> you, you know what I meant. I, there's something yeah, smart yeah. you said. I wanted to zero in on, though, which is we can't assume people are reasonable. You're totally right about this. Um, rather than the RNC wringing its hands as it is today over how we have to temper our abortion message and how we have to think about not, you know, not campaigning on abortion. Rather than that, you know, they take in a lot of money, hundreds of millions of dollars a year. Do a palm card, do a three-by-five mailer, do a postcard, do a one-sheet and have it be one-sheet and do ten facts on what their lies are and what the truth is on this issue, because we're not going to give up on this issue. The Republican Party, I should say, cannot give up on this issue. You give up on this issue, you give up on really everything. There's no point to being a Republican Party anymore. You give up on this issue as people are counseling and as are there, I guarantee you at the RNC, people are counseling today. And they have no memories and they have no memories that they said that and after Election Day in 1992, and they were saying the same thing after Election Day in 2008, and they were saying the same thing after Election Day in 2020. They always go to this. They always say, well, it's the abortion issue. 
It's not. It's the fear of talking about it by candidates. It's, as you yeah. say, a united, a united voice on it. It probably, it probably should be led by, by, by women. It just, as the nature of this thing goes, I hate the notion that you pointed out is also true, but it's out there, and we gotta, we gotta understand that. That you know, this is men wanting to take control. It, it's obviously dumb. If that were the case, then there would have never been a Roe versus Wade in the first place because that was given to you all men. That was given to you all by men. Women, women got on the Supreme Court and Roe versus Wade went away. Roe versus Wade was put there by men. So stop with this stuff, right? Obviously, Dan, this is not a men issue. But it is definitively, at least in a decisive part of the argument, a women's issue. So women should probably be the leaders on this. But the RNC ought to put together, I could write it. I've done, I don't know how many monologues on this. Anyone, a lot of people could write it. A mailer to everyone in the country. Everyone in the country. What else are you doing with those hundreds of millions of dollars? There, There is such craven, uh, feckless fear over this issue on the part of Republicans, and they think if they just don't talk about right. it, it will it will go away. I know, absolutely right. I know a smart Republican who is very educated on this issue and pro-life who was talking to a pro-choice Republican one-on-one, and the pro-choice Republican said, well, you didn't change my mind, but I'm going to support you because you didn't dodge and you were smart and you didn't bend just to me because that tells me you won't bend to anyone else either. You know, there's something still true about courage and courage of conviction. There is. There just is. But there's also something about silence that allows your opponent to uh, take total you advantage. You betcha. You betcha. You betcha. You betcha. I don't think this should be a hard argument. It's never been a hard argument, at least not the way I see it. I don't know why, you know, courage, man, courage. I think, I think, I think you know, uh, there's a, a gut feeling that here, as in Europe, most people would be pretty okay with a 15 week The polling ban, shows it. Right? The polling shows it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. It so, gets you so into the second trimester. Could... Right. So let's present it as a positive as opposed to this sort of... Well, at least as a... Know, yes, at least as a starting point. I mean, 50 years of law and culture and health changed overnight. And you've got to condition and be prepared for a country that isn't used to that. People like you are. People like me are. Not enough have listened. Love you, Dan. I got to run. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. I was out with some friends uh, Saturday night, and uh, I had occasion to sing this song for all the tourists in the restaurant. <laughs> Have you heard his posthumous album? No. Oh, yeah. It was uh, Jimmy posthumous? Buffett released the posthumous album. New songs? Songs he hadn't released yet? Yeah, that he was planning on releasing, that were all finished and ready to I, go. I'll take a listen. Unfortunately, it's mostly true when you have great musicians who have done at least one or two really good albums or have had at least three or four really good hits. The more modern stuff is the less, increasingly less good. You know, it's very true. <laughs> it's, you know, very rare exceptions is their more recent stuff better than their 
than the stuff that made them famous. Kind of need to know when to hold them and know when to fold them kind of thing. You know? Wrong artist. <laughs> yeah, well, I saw him in concert here with the Phoenix Symphony, Kenny, with, uh, oh, I took my parents, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I took my parents and a couple others. He was with the Phoenix Symphony. You know what he did smartly? Sang the songs we wanted to hear. Yeah. You know? He sang the songs we were there to hear. <laughs> God love him. Doug's in Maricopa. Hi, Doug. Hey, Seth. How are you? Well, you're going to have quite a night, I can tell you it's that. It's going to be a long night, but we are being fed by the Great Capital Grill, and it is a fantastic restaurant, and they are being very generous to feed our staff here, knowing how late we have to work. And uh, it's just a great restaurant, and I want to do a nice thanks and shout-out to them, and I hope you'll listen. Oh, yeah, I will. I always, I always do. So whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, at least we know the staff will be well-fed. At least we know that. that, yes. <laughs> yes. You know, what, one of the things I'm always fascinated with is why everybody thinks it's a difficult argument. I don't get this. You know, when, but I just am so tired of the what I refer to the gutless and stupid pencil-neck Republicans. And I know that's – I don't mean to be demeaning, but – you want to? I, I just laugh myself hysterical. If you want to have something to laugh at, there's probably a dozen or two good Republicans that can come back, and they stand out because they're so unusual. Which means it's uncommon, you know. And uh, but most Republicans, they'll come back. Well, what's your, you know, like, are you willing to do this or that on an abortion act? And they'll just start. They fall into the Democrats' argument. And, and one of the things I wonder is why not turn it down around to the 80 percent issues that we have agreement on and just simply say, well, that's not really the question. The yep. question is, why is it why is it you and many liberals and Democrats will have a baby that is living? Uh, you say viable, it's viable, it's breathing and it's on the table and you want to kill it. And turn it around, and that, now they got to answer. No, 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 we're not saying, ah, but the bill says, you, you know, to leave it, you know, to kill it even after it's left the womb. So now it's viable, and why do you want to kill a living baby? And turn it around. You could have total control of that. And I'm, I'm just I don't even know if you have to go bill. that far. I really don't even know if you have to go that far. I think right. you could start simply by asking, do you believe there should be any limit whatsoever most people will say yes. Now, these Democratic politicians won't, and Kamala Harris won't, but most people you're talking to will say yes. Once they right. say yes, and then try this on them. Here's an eye-opener. We better get ready for this in Arizona, because there's a ballot proposition coming, an initiative coming our way next year. Try this. Do you realize that this initiative has none? Yep. No limits? Are no. you good no. with that? Yeah. Are you okay yeah. with yeah. All the way up to birth. Are you okay with that? Because that's what you will be voting on if you vote for this. Well, this is why I think we got to stick to the baby aspect of it. Now, I, I, I agree. By the way, I do that all the time. I have made women scratch their heads, young ladies, mostly young ladies. And and they can do it without making it. I'm not trying to. I believe totally in your rights. But, you know, do you believe in any limits whatsoever? And they'll almost always go, and I say, now, be careful. I always tell them what I'm doing because I want them to know there's logic there. And I said, be careful. If you answer there's any, any, any type of restraint, 
now you're on my turf and we're just dickering over where. You know, and so you and I are in all And that I think that I, I think yeah, I think it's fine to I think it's fine to dicker over where I have to take a break. If where? you want to stay, you're welcome to uh, rejoin on the other. I think it's fine to dicker over where when we are just entering new territory after fifty years. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Doug, sir, the mic is yours. Well, I just look at the our troubles last night as kind of um, multiple phases, not just abortion. It's because we don't f- put the Democrats back on their heel, which means a strategized air, um, attack on the 80% issues, whether it's three months. I'm a believer that it's life from the moment of conception. But we have to have a strategy that will uh, advance. In other words, we have to go back through, the, march through the institutions. Uh, Ted Cruz has a great book out about ending woke. In other words, it's a strategy to march back through the institutions. Because remember, Seth, my whole argument against the establishment is that we haven't advanced anywhere in 45 years. They very cleverly began to very quietly go back into these institutions. And so we have to frame our argument in a, something that is very, um, something we can agree upon. And then we have to march through their educating and helping people understand the logic of our argument. We can't just bolt through or shut up and then let them frame the argument. And then here's the second part, and then wonder why we lose. And which is amazing. Let them argue, do all the argument, answer their questions on their turf, and then wonder why they win. You got to be a special kind of stupid and naivety for that. And then the second thing is, we got to start ballot harvesting and fighting for, you know, the Democrats tooth and nail. And one of the things I'm sure you listened to Charlie Kirk, I wasn't a big fan until recently, but he's getting in the nuts and bolts of, and he's saying he's being rebuffed by the Republican Party because they're not interested in, in he's setting up an organization to get out there and do what the Democrats do. Now, the question is, why are we Republicans so stupid? Or how many times have we got to be beat? I think it's because we're conditioned to lose gracefully. And uh, before we're Christian and before we're Jewish and before we're Muslim, we're um, liberals are liberals first, second, third, and fourth, and establishments are polite, polite, polite. Okay, I lost, but body hell, yes, everything morally didn't happen and is occurring, and I'm shocked. But I was sure polite in our, my loss in the in the cause, and then so why aren't we out there ballot harvesting, you know, fighting tooth and nail? And the Republicans aren't. I'm I, until we do, we can, until we're fighting on the same turf. We will not, you know, we will not win. As a matter of fact, in the Civil War, we did not begin to win until Sherman and Grant got in there and went toe-to-toe with the South. And uh, bloody hell, shock of shock, we began to advance and win. When we didn't play their game and we didn't do it as tougher, tougher than they did, guess what? We were losing. We had casualties, but we had no gains. And that's the Republican Party. We have casualties. We lose every institution, and, you know. That, you know, you said theory. something I, that I can't get off of um, thinking about, and I want to think more about it. Maybe you can help me think about it over, over time. You said, I th- don't let me put words in your mouth, fix it if I get it wrong, but I think you said we haven't had a success or we haven't had a win 
we haven't moved the ball forward in 50 years. We haven't had an advance in 50 years. Something like that. How did you put it? Well, yeah, we haven't had major ins- – we haven't advanced. Think about this. The bureaucracy Now, just advanced. say it simply because I have a thought. How did okay. you put it? Okay. What was the okay. sentence? We haven't had any major wins or advances in 50 years. Perfect. Okay. So I couldn't get off of that yeah. thought. And I yeah. thought of two while you were speaking. And it's yeah. interesting that there's some slight government policies not a lot of people paid attention to that have probably kept the earth on its axis in our advancement. I bet you'll agree. One of them was Reagan getting rid of the Fairness Doctrine, which gave us talk radio. Yes, yes, totally. Can you imagine where we'd be without that? And the other is the deregulation that gave us Fox News. I know there are complaints about Fox News and all that, but think about where we'd be without it. I um, and, 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 And other conservative media uh, outlets on cable and elsewhere. Oh, yeah. These these were kind of non-sexy government endings of regulation that allowed advances in exclusively, I think I'm right in saying, the private sector. Because you're right. We haven't had advances in the public sector outside of defeating communism (laughs) abroad (laughs) while bringing it here at home and instantiating it here at home because of their advances in the institutions. Um, It's it's just something we should think about. If we're going to win, you know, it's probably not going to become, and it's a very conservative thing not to assume it will or even presume it will come from government. But are there government things that can be done that will allow private sectors to make those advances and plant us our flags? That's something we should probably be thinking pretty seriously about. Just a thought I had while you were talking, if it makes sense. No, no, it totally does. It totally does, because one of the things the liberals did right away is when they, you know, set up that. So we we began to dominate in the um, talk radio and Fox News was a lot. Then, but look how the liberals very comfortably uh, aligned and congealed, you know, like a, a unified force which we never are, of course, uh, behind all the big information-controlling data centers, mm-hmm. all exceedingly private, all exceedingly liberal. And then you they're so bold that, you know, and they'll literally conspire within different platforms and, you know, from all the liberal news, ABC, NBC, and then you go to Facebook and, you know, Google and, and they control 90% of the information. Now, we have bits that we fought back, and we wouldn't have any ammo to fight back if what, what you said hadn't occurred. But we got to start looking at literally busting them up and saying, if you're doing a liberal slant, you are not a private, you are a utility and an entity or something. Uh-huh, That's kind of uh-huh, an uh-huh. outrageous thing to do. Uh-huh. We can bust them up and, and do that, just like we did AT&T, and everybody goes, oh, no one will ever have a phone. 30 years or later. net neutrality. Uh, oh, my gosh. You know, right? Oh, yeah, my right, God. Yeah. 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 Next, next 30 years later, we don't have long distance phone call. We call anywhere for <laughs> free. I know. It, the rates are one tenth. My of cell phone still work. doesn't have a 602 area code. I've lived here for, I don't know, how, 10 years now, 11 years. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we can do that with the information, but we don't have the guts to do it because we have to depend on Republicans. Now, you have some of the best Republicans in Congress over here. And I I just I fantasize sometimes as an old man, what would happen if we had 100 
or 200 of these kind of uh, people with, know. you know, with some incredible I passion, know. not not for intellectualizing the, uh, the conservative cause, but have a belly for the fight. Because there's nothing you we have to realize there's not one point to, that you and I talk about that wouldn't be fought tooth and nail and with venom. And go. so if we aren't willing for that, I nothing will change. I know. God bless. Got to run. Be right back. Portions of this show are brought to you by our good friends at Y Refi. Do you trust this economy? Y Refi has a secure investment that actually helps people where you can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return and it's not correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve. You're in control with your investment at Y-Refi. You can turn your income on or off. You can compound it, whatever you like. There are absolutely no fees. There's no attack on principle if you ever need your money back. Get a monthly statement. No surprises in it. It's a secure, collateralized portfolio. Maybe a better option for you than where you have your money or some of your money right now. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com. Or call them at 888-YREFI-24, 888-YREFI-24. Folks all over the country are learning, are earning sorry, are earning a high fixed rate of return with Y-REFI. And they don't care about what happens with the stock market or the Fed because it's not correlated to it. And you can do well by doing good with Y-REFI. My friends, Y-REFI, they're trustworthy, they're honest. InvestYREFI.com or 888-Y-REFI-24 and make sure and tell them I sent you. I see Larry from Phoenix. Larry, I don't have time. Do me a favor. Call tomorrow um, because we're doing special election coverage here now in the next hour. Um, Call tomorrow. We'll put you right on, I promise. Uh, if you will, anyone else on hold we can't get to, call us tomorrow. We're going to turn the show over to Mike Gallagher in just a few moments for the special election coverage. Let me remind that we will – election – why am I saying election? Debate. The debate coverage. Sorry. <laughs> special debate coverage. We're going to air the debate live because Salem is partnering uh, with NBC and airing it. And then um, – And then we'll be here for you afterwards to analyze it and discuss it and take your calls. I'll have Sam Stone with me. I'll have Hugh Hallman with me. We'll be well-fed because Capitol Grill is taking care of us for the staff here. God bless them and thank them. Couldn't ask for a better restaurant to do it with. And um, we'll be with you here late tonight. Young David, I'm sure we'll have some thoughts too with probably a better historical perspective. What do you think they'll focus on most tonight, Young David? I like what you mentioned about foreign policy. I also like to remember, as Hugh Hewitt is one of the moderators, and he's a Salem friend of ours, he was former director of the Nixon Library. So, yeah, there is going to be that uh, foreign policy aspect. I think you hit the nail right on the head earlier in the show when you said that. Yeah. (laughs) I think you will be. I think they're going to try and make it a lot about abortion, though. I just have a feeling they're going to try and make it about abortion, especially in the wake of last night, and a lot about Donald Trump. Um. But stay with us. We'll cover it. We'll be here. We'll be here late. I'm going to uh, I'm going to take care of Dagny, and then we'll be right back. You should bring her in. I should bring her in. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.